When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Another thing about that uh, JetBlue flight I had yesterday, which was uh, pleasant and fine. And, uh, hey, I think we got to do this. We have to accept it as a country that flight attendants uh, should not have to serve drinks. They should not have to go through the cart. I mean, I don't think – I think it's beneath them. I actually think it's beneath them. Um, now, you could say – I'm not talking – because it's 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 not like a waiter and a waitress, which you can make a living doing, and that's great, and whatever. It's uh, But it's like <laughs> – I mean, when a waiter goes into a room at a restaurant where he works, right, he, he doesn't have to serve the whole damn room, right? And he doesn't go to every single person in that room – giving that person what they want. You know, it, it doesn't work that way, but it works that way when you're a flight attendant. Every single person you got to give the, a drink to or ask them if they want a drink to. And they're there really not for that. You know, they're there for safety reasons. They're there for loading and unloading and all kinds of other things that they have to know and do. And why do we have to? And it's not convenient for them. It's not convenient for us. It's not going to be that big dumb cart in the way. You can't go to the bathroom for like 45 minutes, right? If you do, it's a real hassle. I, you can't. We got to stop that. And I think uh, it's good for the passengers. It's definitely good for the flight attendants. And nobody's making any money off those drinks, right? Except for alcohol. Then they can charge. I don't know. I don't think that's good. And the other thing about flying. Oh, I noticed this. I noticed this. So I was, uh, by the way, don't watch Netflix. And if you really want to make a change in your life, like I'm, I'm trying to make a lot of different changes. So I'm not like preaching to anybody, but I want to get a lot of bad things out of my life and, and replace it with a lot of good stuff. Stop watching Netflix. Stop watching so much football. Huh? What the hell do we, you know, it's woke, you know, it's, uh, all kinds of people are making money except us, right? Except the fans, except the people who watch, we don't make any money, but everybody else makes billions and billions. And Roger Goodell makes $45 million a year. That's a little less than a million dollars a week. Does that seem fair? Does that seem just? Does that seem, I mean, that's ludicrous. But all that time and watching those commercials and it's gone totally woke, totally woke. What what else could we do with that time? A million different things. We could get to know our family better. We could get to know God better. We could get politically active. We could do this, that, and the other thing. And at the end of the day, it does not matter who wins a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter at one damn bit. Look at the Super Bowl halftime show. What do they play? Something, something pathetically offensive. It is pathetically offensive. Two years ago, they glorified gang violence in Compton. Thirty years ago, they glorified Snoopy. <laughs> Snoopy the dog. We all love Snoopy. No, we don't have everything we all love anymore. So we just go to, uh, I don't know, what certain people like, but not others. And uh, it's something very strange. So you don't have to watch it. And you also don't, I go back to the Netflix. So you know what Netflix doesn't have anymore? And all these streaming services, you know what they don't have anymore? Classics. 
I like classic movies. I love to – most movies I like have were made before I was born. I also like movies from the 70s. I was alive in the 70s, but I like these classic movies. And it used to be so whenever I wanted to, rare occasion I wanted to watch a movie, I'd go to the classics and, you know, pick something from Alfred Hitchcock, pick something from um, – who's that other guy I like? You know, um, Stanley Kubrick. Guess what they don't have anymore? They don't have a classic column. There are no classics. You can't pick. For, and why don't why don't they have a classic? I don't know. I have a few theories, but I do know this. They have the LGBTQ category. They got a great big LGBTQ category. They got sci-fi. They got adventure. They've got uh, drama. They, they got Real Housewives. They got reality TV, but no more classics. Now, you know one of the issues with the classics, right? Too many white people in those movies. I mean, Alfred Hitchcock, we don't talk about him being a great director anymore. We talk about how he would not tell the stories of people who did not look like him. He just told the stories of human beings. Is that okay? Some people don't care what anybody looks like. (laughs) Anyway, I just think, that's weird. What movie am I going to watch? And you can find these movies still, but not categorized. That's a little thing, but it's a big thing, too. All right. Now, the other thing, very quickly, um, you got to remember this. It's huge news that we have evidence that Joe Biden was taking or getting, receiving $1,100 a month at least from his son's company, Owasco PC. An automatic credit thing was set up, an automatic payment. Automatic clearinghouse, I believe, is what ACH stands for, the authorization agreement. We all have one. Whether you're on a pension or you're uh, with your employer, nobody gets a paycheck anymore. It's all automatic deposit. And to set that up, they need a copy of your check, right? Uh, right here, I got a copy of Joe Biden's check. Joe Bi- Biden wrote void in it, so the bank had it. And then I see this thing, the account from a Wasco PC, once a month, every month, 1100 and uh, I'm sorry, $1,380 would be paid monthly starting September 25th, 2018, to Joseph R. Biden Jr. And I got it right here. So, you know, all that time he said, I never talked business with my son. I never benefited. I never this. I never that. He was lying every every step of the way. Now, this is huge news. I'm looking at everything they ignored. They pretend it's not happening. What's up with that? It's James Flippin just walked in. James, are you aware of this information? Yeah, we actually just let off our newscast with that. Uh, with that, uh, talking about a Wasco PC and, you know, these alleged payments, the payments that the House Oversight Committee has put out evidence of. Well, good for you for reporting it, because you and I and maybe one or two news outlets, even good old Fox News. What the hell's Fox News doing? You know, they are so um, they got an identity crisis over there. They hold their nose anything that will benefit Trump. So let's keep our eye on Fox, see what they're doing. Maybe they are. Maybe they aren't. Some shows do. A lot of shows don't. But this is it right here. And you want to hear Joe Biden's denial? Did you hear it earlier? I mean, like they asked, they've asked him. We got hundreds of hours of tapes of him saying, I never talked to my son. But like I said, you don't, he's one of those guys. Can I hear that denial one more time? This is Peter Ducey asking him the question. Hey, speaking of Fox News, I said they got good people over there, but they got a lot of people also who are just posing, who just want to be on TV, who are just nitwits and are in it for the makeup and the money. But that's not Ducey. Go ahead. There's this testimony now where one of your son's former business associates is claiming that you were on speakerphone a lot with them, talking business. Is that what? I've never talked business with anybody. And I, I know you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you, it's, why is that a lousy question? Because it's not true. 
as he runs away. He runs away. He runs away from that. Now, I got it's funny online. You know, I've got a lot of examples. I've seen them. They keep getting deleted. It's, a, it's stuff that makes Joe look funny or weird or a, like a liar. Somehow it's always find hard to find on social media. Even X, even X, because you know what? Elon Musk may be running the show, but he needs people to run the show, right? So you hire a bunch of people and they have their own agenda. I learned that myself. I, I, I ran a, I had a business for a little while. Small business, very small, but I, I had to hire about a dozen people. Phew. Good luck with that. I'll leave all that stuff to the boss. Hiring and firing, that's hard. And you never know what you're getting when you hire somebody. They can make the best impression in the world in an interview, and then they go totally insane, cuckoo, nut job, crazy, or they're totally biased, or they're totally against everything you stand for. You don't know until you start, until they, until they have the safety of that paycheck. I don't know. Anyway, James, how are you? Hey, what's up, Greg? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that in terms of you're looking at the, you know, story that you're talking about with, with Biden, that audio you played from Ducey, that was like a few months ago, right? Like he kind of ran up to him along the barricade or something yeah, like he that. Was, he was waved over, and but I'll go back and find it, even though censor, it's been basically kicked off the internet. Right, all, all of the clips of Joe Biden over the years swearing he never talked business with his son, with his brother, with anybody. They always, and I think it was one of those things. Well, with a wink and a nod, you can do a lot. And the Twitter files that came out months ago uh showed that there was a significant amount of bias in terms of the like you know editorial control of what was then twitter is now x so yeah i would think that you know even if musk did a lot of hiring and firing there's still going to be people there that retain those same biases you know too often i feel like the insurgent like i'm doing something like i'm on thin ice or oh boy you better be careful with that one excuse me these people are the insurgents these people are these are the people the fbi Sets up shop in Silicon Valley and tells them what to take off the Internet. Tells them what not to publish. You're like, well, they never told. They advised. <laughs> you get an advisory from the FBI. Hell, the FBI shows up. Most people wet their pants. Right? Mm-hmm. Not me, oh, by the way. Not me. Not anymore. They have disgraced themselves. They've disgraced that organization. And I feel bad for every honorable person who ever served there or ever worked there or who still works there. But I'm sorry, you're in the minority. You work for a culture. You work for a culture that was uh, thoroughly. And why did we fall in love with the FBI? Because of J. Edgar Hoover and his propaganda and his overinflation of their power. Sorry. Tell me about you. Me personally? Well, first, the news. Anything locally going on? <laughs> yeah, well, this is kind of interesting. So New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand is calling on the U.N. to condemn Hamas. Do you think that's going to happen anytime soon? And does it surprise you that a prominent Democrat in New York would take that stance alongside you, Senator Schumer, let's say? You know, I don't know if you heard what I was saying earlier about the atrocities. And, um, you know, part of me... I'm a little bit tired of getting tired of what people say. You know, Gillibrand said something, and what is she doing? She's asking somebody to say something. And if you look at it, uh, so much of media coverage is outrage because somebody said something or, yeah, outrage because somebody said something or didn't say something. And and I do that, and it's warranted at times. But, if all right, let me get this straight. Gillibrand, a month later... The dust has settled, and she realizes she's figured out. She's done all the coordination in her head. And as Curtis Slewa said, she understands that Jewish checks don't bounce. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what he's, I mean, like, 
that a constituency, a vital and important group here in America, i.e. freedom-loving people, anti-terrorists who happen to be Christian Jews alike, think what's happening is wrong. Now she's, oh, that's a real portrait. Oh, she's going after the U.N. So I don't care. I don't care what the hell Kirsten Gillibrand is doing. Well, this kind of goes the other way, similar stuff. But uh, actor Juliana Margolis, you know her from like ER? Oh, man. who the, I mean, yeah, I, I know her more recently from The Morning Show. Okay. I wasted my time on that show. She plays the uh, lesbian love interest of Reese Witherspoon. Okay, my mom loves that show. I've never actually seen it. But, so what about her? Uh, she's now walking back comments that she made saying that members of the black and LGBTQ communities were turning their back on Jews. Now, she's apologizing for having made that statement on a podcast, and she says now that she's horrified that her comments offended members of the black and LGBTQ communities. Well, uh, Juliana Margulies, you should have gone with it the first time. Because BLM, uh, no supporter and no ally and no friend of Israel. Now, I don't know what she's talking about, the LGBTQ community, because personally, I don't think there is an LGBTQ community. I don't think there is one. There are a bunch of radicals who pretend that they represent you know, represent you, James Flippin. Yeah, they do. They, I mean, you, they, they don't purport to represent me. They, right. I mean, that's how like, dare they? The He Man Woman Haters Club. Remember that from Spanky and Alfalfa? <laughs> do you remember that? I mean, not necessarily, but it, it they had sounds gr- like something they'd get into. They had a group of, you know, like they didn't represent me even at the time. <laughs> All right. So I think Juliana Margulies may have been right the first time. Uh, is she Jewish? It doesn't matter, but I'm curious. Uh, that's a good question. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't Freedom know. Freedom loving people. And it doesn't matter what religion you are. I mean, like, you have to support Israel here because Israel is a democracy. Israel is anti-terror. Israel is under siege, always has been. There's this beautiful quote that, who shared it with us last week? Barbara. You know, if if uh, Hamas, if, if the Arabs put down their weapons, there would be no violence right now. There would be no violence. If Israel put down their weapons, there would be no Israel. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. It came from gold to my ear. Yep. All right, so bottom line is what? Uh, oh, wait a second. Fox News. Oh, finally, they got a, they got that uh, Jonathan Turley out, who's a brilliant guy, but he can be a little bit all over the place. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a judge rejects. Yeah, they bury it. They bury it to 20 minutes into the show. James Flippin, you and I jumped up and down about it at the top of the hour. Judge rejects Trump immunity claim in January 6th case. Ooh, there's nobody protecting Trump. There's nobody defending him. There's nobody other than us, a handful of people out there. There's no safety net here. You know, a lot of us think, oh, everything's going to be all right. Not, no, not everything's going to be all right. This damn thing could slip away, fall away. Oh, and that horrible, horrible person, Liz Cheney. Who in the, does she think she is? Did you hear? It's really stunning, stunningly. uh, It's fear-mongering, just like her old man, Dick. Got us all afraid of Iraq, got us into war. She's getting us all afraid of Trump, trying to get people, I think, into a civil war. The Cheneys, huh? Hmm. Required viewing, by the way. Vice. A movie about how bad they are. Bad people. Profiteers. War profiteers. You name it. You want to say something bad about the Cheneys? Would I like to? Yeah. So I'm not the only one on a rant here. All right. I'll be right back with more to say about the Cheneys. You can leave now. I'm only kidding. All right. Be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. 
Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, There's some guy from Holland. His name is Gert. Never heard of him, but he is a very important message to Americans everywhere. All right. Listen to this. I come to America with a mission. All is not well in the old world. There is tremendous danger looming, and it is very difficult to be optimistic. We might be in the final stages of the Islamization of Europe. This not only is a clear and present danger to the future of Europe itself, it is a threat to America and the sheer survival of the West, the United States, as the last bastion of Western civilization facing an Islamic Europe. Uh, let's see here. The Europe you know is changing. You have probably seen the landmarks. But in all of these cities, sometimes a few blocks away from your tourist destination, there is another world. It is the world of the parallel society created by Muslim mass migration. All throughout Europe, a new reality is rising. Entire Muslim neighborhoods where very few indigenous people reside or are even seen. And if they are, they might regret it. This goes for the police as well. It's the world of headscarves where women walk around in figureless tents with baby strollers and a group of children. Their husbands, or slaveholders if you prefer, walk three steps ahead with mosques on many street corners. The shops have signs you and I cannot read. You will be hard-pressed to find any economic activity. These are Muslim ghettos controlled by religious fanatics. These are Muslim neighborhoods, and they are mushrooming in every city across Europe. These are the building blocks for territorial control of increasingly larger portions of Europe, street by street, neighborhood by neighborhood, city by city. There are now thousands of mosques throughout Europe with larger congregations than there are in churches. And in every European city, there are plans to build super mosques that will dwarf every church in the region. Clearly, the signal is we rule. Many European cities are already one-quarter Muslim. Just take Amsterdam, Marseille, and Malmo in Sweden. In many cities, the majority of the under-18 population is Muslim. Paris is now surrounded by a ring of Muslim neighborhoods. Mohammed is the most popular name among boys in many cities. Now, some of you may be saying, well, what's the big deal? You're not engaging in Islamophobia, are you? I am not, but there needs to be a conversation. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, the first thing they come out and they, te- they accuse you of being phobic. You're transphobic. You're homophobic. No. Uh, I'm just a little concerned about uh, drag queens hanging around with children in school. Uh, I'm a little homophobic. I'm, no, I'm just a little uh, concerned with uh, explicit sexual uh, material in the middle school. <laughs> Books like Queer Nation. Is that a, a gender queer? Gender queer. Gender queer is a pornographic book. I can tell. I know. All right. (laughs) I know pornography when I see it. And so do you. And uh, 
I could be a little bit more explicit, but I think we all know what we're talking about, right? We're talking about penetration. Forgive me, but all right. It's not soft porno. It's hardcore porno. And you can't have that in the schools, whether it's hetero or homo. Fair enough, fair enough. Wait till you're 18. Yeah, all the porno you want. Unfortunately, oh, by the way. I mean, fortunately and unfortunately. Look, it's a sexual aid for certain people. That's fine. Whatever. Wait, whatever the hell floats your boat, go for it. But can't we just leave the kids out of it? Please, please, please. So this is not phobic. And when I talk about, uh, I mean, who the hell knows much about Islam? I don't know that much about it. I've never read the Quran. I hear that the kids are reading the Quran like crazy. It's a big movement on TikTok. Guess who their go-to hero is these days, some of these TikTokers? Yep, Osama bin Laden. Oh, this essay makes a lot of sense, he wrote. Oh, boy, maybe we misunderstood. No, they don't talk like that. Teenagers don't talk like that. Yo, man, bin Laden be like, cool. Is that a little bit more teen-like? I don't know what I'm dealing with here, and I want to know more. I know I don't like Sharia law. I know that's not part of uh, Christianity, but how closely tied is it with Islam? I want to know more. Going back to Gert, our friend from Holland, many state schools in Belgium and Denmark only serve halal food to all pupils. In once-tolerant Amsterdam, gays are beaten up almost exclusively by Muslims. Non-Muslim women routinely hear, whore, whore. Satellite dishes are not pointed to local TV stations, but pointed to stations in the country of origin. Hmm. In France, school teachers are advised to avoid authors deemed offensive to Muslims, including Voltaire and Diderot. Wow. The same is increasingly true of Darwin. The history of the Holocaust can no longer be taught because of Muslim sensitivity. In England, Sharia courts are now officially part of the British legal system. Many neighbors in France are no-go areas for women without headscarves. Last week, a man almost died after being beaten up by Muslims in Brussels because he was drinking during the Ramadan. Jews are fleeing France in record numbers on the run for the worst wave of anti-Semitism since World War II. France is now commonly spoken on the streets of Tel Aviv. I'm sorry, French is now commonly spoken on the streets of Tel Aviv and Netanya, Israel. I could go on forever with stories like this. Stories about Islamization. A total of 54 million Muslims now live. San Diego University recently calculated that a staggering 25% of the population in Europe will be Muslim just 12 years from now. Bernard Lewis has predicted a Muslim majority by the end of this century. Now, these are just numbers, and the numbers would not be threatening if the Muslim immigrants had a strong desire to assimilate. But there are few signs of that. The Pew Research Center reported that half of French Muslims see their loyalty to Islam as greater than their loyalty to France. One-third of French Muslims do not object to suicide attacks. The British Center for Social Cohesion reported that one-third of British Muslim students are in favor of a worldwide caliphate. 
Muslims demand what they call respect. And this is how we give them respect. We have Muslim official state holidays. The Christian Democratic Attorney General is willing to accept Sharia in the Netherlands if there is a Muslim majority. We have cabinet members with passports from Morocco and Turkey. He's talking about Holland. Muslim demands are supported by unlawful behavior, ranging from petty crimes and random violence, for example, against ambulance workers and bus drivers, to small-scale riots. Paris has seen its uprising in the low-income suburbs. The Ben, I don't know what that word is, sorry. I call the perpetrators settlers, because that is what they are. They do not come to integrate into our societies. They come to integrate our society into their Dar al-Islam. Therefore, they are settlers. Interesting. I mean, an interesting way to put it and think about it. Much of this street violence I mentioned is directed exclusively against non-Muslims, forcing many native people to leave their neighborhoods, their cities, their countries. Moreover, Muslims are now a swing vote not to be ignored. Ask Joe Biden. The second thing you need to know is the importance of Muhammad the prophet. His behavior is an example to all Muslims and cannot be criticized. Now, if Muhammad had been a man of peace, all right, I'm going to stop for a moment, all right, because I know I'm getting into uh, hmm, right politically incorrect waters. And the one thing leaped out at me that I have to address, he said that their faith to uh, their their allegiance to the faith is greater than their allegiance to France. He was citing one example. The problem here is the French government and the French values conflict with the faith. They're in conflict. Now, here in America, my allegiance to Jesus does not conflict with America, does not conflict with the Constitution, does not conflict with anything. And my faith is, you know, God, country, family, right? People do it that way, right? But God is always first. And we have created a system here that is not in conflict with God. So I just had to say that. I understand this is, uh, you know. But let's talk, huh? The second thing you need to know is the importance of Muhammad the prophet. I Now, if Muhammad had been... Okay, now, if Muhammad had been a man of peace, let us say like Gandhi, hey, I don't want any fatwas on my uh, head here, all right? Everybody leave me alone. I'm just reading an email that is getting, that's going super-duper viral in uh, very powerful circles. I could tell you who forwarded me this email. I'm not going to do that. But this person is as influential and connected as they come. If Muhammad had been a man of peace, let us say like Gandhi and Mother Teresa wrapped in one, there would be no problem. But Muhammad was a warlord, a mass murderer, a pedophile, and had several marriages at the same time. Islamic tradition tells us how he fought in battles, how he had his enemies murdered, and even had prisoners of war executed. Muhammad himself slaughtered the Jewish tribe of Banu Qurazia. If it is good for Islam, it is good. If it is bad for Islam, it is bad. Let no one fool you about Islam, about a religion. Sure, it has a God and a hereafter and 72 virgins, but in its essence, Islam is a political strategy. It is a system that lays down detailed rules for society and the life of every person. 
Islam wants to dictate every aspect of life. Islam means submission. Islam is not com- compatible with freedom and democracy because what it strives for is Sharia. Now, by the way, personally, I don't know this. I have not read the Quran. I would like to know more. I would like to know more. And I've never met Gert. I have never met Gert. And I'm, I'm saying this sincerely. I'm not saying this is not cover your ass. I just don't know this stuff. But it's a it's a it's a major document that's making the rounds, and I shall investigate further, okay? If you want to compare Islam to anything, compare it to communism or national socialism. These are all totalitarian ideologies. Now you know why Winston Churchill called Islam the most retrograde the most retrograde force in the world. Did he say that? Wow. And why he compared Mein Kampf to the Quran. Wow, did he say that too? Wow. The public has wholeheartedly accepted the Palestinian narrative and sees Israel as the aggressor. I have lived in this country and visited it dozens of times. I support Israel, first because it is the Jewish homeland after 2,000 years of exile, up to and including Auschwitz. Second, because it is a democracy. And third, because Israel is our first line of defense. This tiny country is situated on the fault line of jihad, frustrating Islam's territorial advance. Israel is facing the front lines of jihad, like Kashmir, Kosovo, the Philippines, southern Thailand, Darfur and Sudan, Lebanon, and on and on. Israel is simply in the way, the same way West Berlin was during the Cold War. The war against Israel is not a war against Israel. It is a war against the West. It is jihad. Israel is simply receiving the blows that are meant for all of us. If there would have been no Israel, Islamic imperialism would have found other venues to release its energy and its desire for conquest. Thanks to Israeli parents who send their children to the army and lay awake at night, parents in Europe and America can sleep well and dream unaware of the dangers looming. Many in Europe argue in favor of abandoning Israel in order to address the grievances of our Muslim minorities. But if Israel were, God forbid, to go down, it would not bring any solace to the West. It would not mean our Muslim minorities would all of a sudden change their behavior and accept our values. On the contrary, the end of Israel would give enormous encouragement to the forces of Islam. They would, and rightly so, see the demise of Israel as proof that the West is weak and doomed. The end of Israel would not mean the end of our problems with Islam, but only the beginning. It would mean the start of the final battle for world domination. If they can get Israel, they can get everything. So-called journalists volunteer to label any and all critics of Islamization as a right-wing extremist or racist. In my country, the Netherlands, 60% of the population now sees the mass migration of Muslims as the number one policy mistake since World War II. And another 60% sees Islam as the biggest threat. Yet there is a greater danger than terrorist attacks. The scenario of America as the last man standing. The lights may go out in Europe faster than you can imagine. An Islamic Europe means a Europe without freedom and democracy, an economic wasteland, an intellectual nightmare, and a loss of military might for America, as its allies will turn into enemies, enemies with atomic bombs. With an Islamic Europe, it would be up to America alone to preserve the heritage of Rome, Athens, and Jerusalem. 
Dear friends, liberty is the most precious of gifts. My generation never had to fight for this freedom. It is offered to us on a silver platter by people who fought for it with their lives. All throughout Europe, American cemeteries remind us of the young boys who never made it home and whose memory we cherish. My generation does not own this freedom. We are merely its custodians. We can only hand over this hard-won liberty to Europe's children in the same state in which it was offered to us. We cannot strike a deal with mullahs and imams. Future generations would never forgive us. We cannot squander our liberties. We simply do not have the right to do so. We have to take the necessary action now to stop this Islamic stupidity from destroying the free world that we know. Wow. And he writes, uh, the, th- that was the speech, and the guy who sent this email around said, Please take the time to read and understand what is written here. Please send it to every free person that you know. It is so very important. I agree. Thank you, Gert. Thank you, Gert. Thank you. And I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So we're joined once again by one of my favorite people in the world, Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor. But the work he has done for and with President Trump, even more important than his contributions as mayor and as a prosecutor and all that stuff. Mr. Mayor, uh, the fake news says you're in trouble again, which to me says uh, whatever you're doing. I'm in trouble for now. (laughs) Whatever it is, you're doing it the right way because they're always wrong about you. I don't know. The judge uh, giving you a hard time about... uh, something you did. Uh, yeah. I, MSNBC was jumping up and down about it uh, about 20 minutes ago. Oh, good. How good. are you? <laughs> I mean, I, I really can't pay attention. I mean, these judges are not really American judges, so I don't I, – I, I do get myself in a bit of trouble because it's very hard for me to treat them with the respect they think they're entitled to because I can't – they've really stripped themselves of that, particularly the ones in the District of Columbia. I mean, to me, they look like something out of a – communist movie or a nazi movie with all the people they've put in prison for ridiculous lengths of time and uh the, the way they won't listen to reasonable arguments and, and i think i just think they're sick people but oh well we'll go through it and we'll get through it and uh i think it's already starting to turn around i did want to say to you uh that 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 document you read about the muslim religion was brilliant and really very much on point i do know the religion. I have read the Quran. I've studied to be a priest for a while, and I studied comparative religion as a specialty. And um, the Quran is a very complica- complicated book. If they teach the Quran to young people, and they teach it honestly, you're not going to make too many Muslims. I mean, there were two uh, Muhammad's, the good one and the bad one. So you can pick and choose. But if you start picking the bad one, you're talking about a general who led an army that spread his religion by warfare and death. Uh, that's not usual for most of these religions. You know, Jesus wasn't a warrior, and, and uh, Moses wasn't a warrior, and Gandhi wasn't a warrior. And, but this guy went and killed people. Well, Moses, uh, well, Moses did do bad things as well, but well, not like the. But Moses is not, is not the main figure. I mean, Moses is not God. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, but, right. but but they didn't. Uh, there's nobody quite like. Muhammad, he spread the religion by the way uh, conquerors. Well, if you talk about colonization, 
Muhammad is a perfect example of colonization. Well, let me just ask you this. You just said there's a good Muhammad and a bad Muhammad. What does that mean? The good Muhammad was the Muhammad before they threw him out. Muhammad believed that he was going to convert the Christians, the Jews, and the Arabs to his new religion, to the completion of the Abrahamic religions. And he was taken on a tour of heaven uh, by the angel Gabriel. And when he came back, he started preaching it in uh, Medina. And uh, he was an epileptic. So at the t- he would preach, and he'd have a, uh, an epileptic fit. They interpreted it as he was either possessed by the devil, crazy, whatever. The Arabs, the Christians, the Jews got together, threw him out. He went out into the desert. He organized the uneducated, illiterate uh, Bedouins, and they bought the message. Oh. And they became an army, and they came back into the villages with an army, and they would kill you. And tell you, uh, to get your attention, they would kill the elders. Oh, boy. And they would say, now you have a choice. You've got to be Muslim. No, I don't like this at all. But And, I... and then he got into a good uh, situation. Uh, he said, either you be a Muslim or you pay me. Yikes. Oh, and then it gets worse and worse. All right. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, um, you got the show coming up. Uh, I'm so... Uh... You know, the more the more they come at you, the more I know you're right. So uh, I'm so glad you're on the case, and we'll be listening. Okay, we will. And you're doing you're doing a great job, Greg. I talked I talked to our friend, the next president, uh, over the weekend, and you came up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There's buzz about me. You came up, and it was good. Thank I'll you, tell sir. you, it was good. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, <laughs> Mr. Right. Mayor. Okay. You're the best. See you Bye. in a bit. Uh, that is cool. I and it's true. People are talking. Uh, Tony in Clifton. Before we go, hi. Craig Kelly, you hit it on the nail when you said George Bush. There's a letter he wrote to Ariel Sharon in 2004 who set the groundwork for what happened in Gaza, promising that he would give U.S. support to the Gaza Strip area, protecting it from terrorists. And Brookings Institute predicted this would happen. He is a lowlife. Let's just get that out there. Great show today, Greg. Thank you so much. I got to check out that letter from 2004. And thank you for your, you know, uh, Tony, you uh, all my listeners, you guys got great ideas and I learned from you. So I appreciate it. Nate in the Bronx. Hello. Uh, yes. Actually. What? What happened? Oh, shoot. Uh, Nate, I have a feeling. Well, who knows what he was going to say? Uh, Adam, hello. How you doing, sir? What's up? Uh, I just want to say Islam came out 600 years after Christianity. So, you know, I don't, I, I would never believe in Islam. I believe in Christianity 100%. But I just want to ask you a question mm. about the savages that was doing all the rapes over there in yeah. Israel and all yeah. that. Um, the people that's pro-life, would they recommend if they got pregnant by those rapists that those people had abortions? Yes or no? Huh? You gibberish. I can't tell you. What? The people who are pro-life, what? Girls, if those girls got pregnant by those savages that raped them, would you recommend abortion or keep the baby, sir? Just about everybody I know uh, says uh, exceptions for rape and incest. So uh, abortion would be definitely a uh, an alternative. However, uh, sir, uh, we will never know about these girls because they were shot in the head. All right. So they, they, they're, they're dead now. But thank you, Adam. Uh, let's see here. All right, very quickly, I want to get to both of them. John. Great baby. What color is love? What gender is love? What religion is love? Love is a principle that's transcended the, all of this stuff. Like the mayor said, honestly, 
All right. I love love, too. Sorry, John. I got to go and marry you two and the rest. I'll see you tomorrow.